Vegas takes over. Smith comes out to the neutral zone. Deals right. Marcheseau fires. He scores! Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Smith to Marcheseau. 4-2 Golden Knights. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in to Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace, Chris Chapman inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... And joining me today, special guest co-host, the voice of the Golden Knights, Dave Gosher. Dave, it is a pleasure. Thanks so much for joining me. How have you been so far this offseason? Ryan, so far the highlight of my offseason was you just doing that woo thing. That That's especially <laughs> solid. You should. I have to do that on the TV show, so I should have you. We should dub you in. The woo moments of the night brought to you by Finley Chevrolet. I don't give it as much juice as you do, though. So that was uh, that was pretty impressive, to say the least. You know, I, I should just take the accolades, but I can't do it in good conscience. The woo is actually Chris Chapman. Chris Chapman, like, he has very distinct moments within the show where he shines, and, and this is one of them. The woo, that's all Chris Chapman. I actually got yelled at for, for not doing a really good woo following a playoff loss earlier in the season. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I enjoy doing the woo. <laughs> well, the, the real woo is the nature boy, Ric Flair. But oh, that's he's the best. besides the point. He's the best of all time. He's the best. So I'll give you a little inside uh, – well, it's inside, not inside baseball, inside hockey, okay, for the for mm-hmm. sake of a, a, a lack of a better phrase. So Shane and I do a rehearsal before every every uh, every game. We rehearse our open. And, you know, it's usually about for a 7 o'clock game, I don't know, it's 6 o'clock, something like that. And just to kind of go through what we're going to focus on in the open, different graphics we might have, we'll run through some different highlight packages. And for me anyways, I can't speak for Shane, but usually for me it's a way to get the nerves out a little bit. So, and usually it's not very good. As a matter of fact, there should be, we've encouraged our producer (laughs) to keep a pretty good blooper reel of our junk over the last four years of just messing up the open. If it goes too good, we will purposely mess it up. One of us will purposely just screw it up right near the end because we're afraid if it's too good, then, you know, leaving, like, you don't want to leave any good shots on the driving range, right? So, anyway... Right before our rehearsal, and a lot of times even before the actual game open, like they're counting us in at the top of the the top of the broadcast, we will have people from the truck, from AT&T Sportsnet, will run Ric Flair highlights in our <laughs> monitors. And it's all his riffs over the years. The four horsemen, the whole nine yards, the old days of WCW. And we, like, we laugh so hard. We, we have sometimes we have to try and pull ourselves together right before we're about to go on live television. So that's how much we love Ric Flair. Yeah, Rick, I mean, it's hard not to love Ric Flair, right? Like, everything that he, he did for, for wrestling, how great of an in-ring performer he was. But on the mic, just so quick, so funny, so much energy. I, I, I can understand using that as a little bit of, of positive momentum going into a broadcast. That makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, he lived his gimmick, right? Like, that was the real deal. Yeah. What, hey, that was him. Like, that was not a show. That, was his, uh, that wasn't a persona. That was him in real life. It was, it's great stuff. 
So, Dave, quite a lot going on today in the hockey world. As we know, in just about an hour's time, the Seattle Expansion Draft TV special will be airing. We will find out for absolute certain who is a Seattle Kraken, which players will be selected from all 30 teams that are in the expansion draft. We're also going to chat a little bit here uh, with Nolan Patrick. We're going to catch up with Derek Englund about the expansion process. But, you know, for uh, July 21st in the NHL offseason, this is not a bad day to be doing radio. No, not at all, Ryan. And I think, it look, it's an enormously exciting day for the NHL. You know, you've got a 30-second team coming in in the Seattle Kraken. And, you know, look, I wasn't physically in Vegas four years ago when the when the expansion draft happened. I, I came on board a couple of months after that. But, you know, watching it from afar four years ago, the, just the excitement and that whole event at T-Mobile and, and outside on the plaza was just phenomenal to watch. And I'm sure that everyone that's in charge of putting this show on in Seattle will have a, you know, a terrific show uh, tonight, you know, there's been a lot that's obviously already leaked out about some of the players that uh, the Kraken have already picked up. You know, they had to submit their list earlier today, so they already know mm-hmm. everyone they're going to pick. Um, it hasn't been made completely public, but obviously there's been a lot of leaks here as to some of the players they've they've decided to to grab and some others, some other big names they've decided not to grab and take a pass on. But uh, yeah, I think it's great stuff, you know. And and I for me, if if you're Ron Francis and company in Seattle, I've got to believe they would have studied and taken a master's course in what George McPhee and Kelly McCrimmon did four years ago. I mean, the Golden Knights, more than anything, I think, they made they made it they changed the whole landscape of expansion teams in the NHL. You know, when the when the Ottawa Senators came into the NHL in 1992, their first season was 92-93. Ryan, they won 10 games the whole yeah. year. That's a long, long season. So the Golden Knights, they've they've changed the mindset about expansion. They've changed the expectation level of expansion teams by what they did in that first year. You know, it's it's interesting, and maybe at some point a little bit later we can we can kind of run it down. NHL Network had a good graphic today on the players the Golden Knights took in that expansion draft that night. The defensemen, the forwards, the goaltenders, back in 2017. Some of those names obviously were were enormous parts of it. Uh, you know, Jonathan Marchessault, William Carlson. Derek Anglin, uh, Mark Andre Fleury, to, to to say the least. But there were a lot of names on that list that never really factored into it for the Golden Knights. It was all the side deals, a lot of the side deals that they made, uh, in addition yeah. to some of the the expansion picks that they they made that night that really paved the way and, and laid all the groundwork for that team. Yeah, it's it's really fascinating. It's for me on, on in this go around. It's nice to kind of be. In- server instead of right in the middle of the expansion process but we're going to have a lot of time today to get into what the Seattle Kraken are going to do what they have done and what this team's going to look like moving forward but right now it's time to welcome in the newest Vegas Golden Knight Nolan Patrick to the show Nolan welcome to Vegas and just take us back to last week when you found out about the trade that was obviously you know, a really exciting day. Um, you know, I just got a I got a call from the GM in Philly there telling me I was, you know, being moved to Nashville. And then 10 minutes later, I got a, you know, call from Kelly McCrimmon. And, you know, he told me the news. So it was obviously a really exciting day. I'm happy I went down. So you, you get the call, Nolan, that, you know, I, I saw your comments the other day. You, you, you heard you were going to Nashville. And then five minutes later, you were, you heard you were coming to Vegas. So I guess 
was there a, a brief period of time you thought you were going to be a predator or did it not even really register in your mind that you were going to go to Nashville and you knew it was going to be Vegas right away after that? No, I, I had no idea. I for sure thought I was going to uh, to Nashville after I heard the news. And, um, and I wasn't hearing from anyone from the organization for about 10 minutes. And that's when I got the call from, uh, from Kelly. So, um, you know, it was really exciting. Obviously, it's uh you know, great spot to play in a great organization. So I'm really looking forward to the start there. Just in terms of, of kind of your fit and what you have envisioned uh, of what you're going to bring to the Golden Knights, where do you think you fit best within this organization, within this team? Um, it's not really a decision up to me, but what I'm you know going to bring to the team is, you know, a two-way, two-way centerman that has some, you know, offensive skills and try to contribute as much as I can. Um, you know, wherever I play up in the lineup doesn't really matter to me. I'm just looking forward to uh, getting started there. Nolan, are you looking forward to a fresh start? Obviously a real high pick, number two in the draft back in 2017 and, uh, you know, from the Philadelphia Flyers and had some injuries issues there that have been well documented. But do you think you would benefit from a change of scenery here in Vegas? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I'm really looking forward to the – the change of scenery, and then also, uh, you know, getting traded the same day as Brett Howden, who's been one of my best buddies since we were, you know, really young, was also you know, super exciting. So um, I think we're both really looking forward to it. Speaking with Nolan Patrick, the newest Vegas Golden Knights forward. And, Nolan, you mentioned that you're, you're good buddies with Brett Howden. What, what, what's his game all about? What does he bring to the table that uh, a lot of Golden Knights fans are really going to enjoy watching? Uh, he's extremely smart. He always has been since you know since he was a kid. He sees the ice so well, and um, you know he's a real good two-way guy. He's uh, you know he's good on face-offs, good penalty killer. And, um, you know he's got a lot of offensive upside that I don't really think he's you know had the opportunity to show yet. But um, you know obviously as he gets more confident, I think that'll come out. So he's uh, you know a real good player. Nolan, is this as healthy as you have been in your off-season training in a long time? Oh uh, yeah, well, I've barely, really trained in the last couple of years, so um, you know it's just nice being back in the gym and getting in the swing of things. So, um, you know, the injury I had over that, uh, that long span was obviously a tough one, and I'm happy to put it behind me. You know, Nolan, it's interesting that you bring up about the the off season and how it's looking like it's going to be more normal this off season. You have an idea of exactly when you're going to be playing. You have downtime. You have the ability to get into the gym. Just how important is that for a player to to really get themselves established inside of a locker room, but also just established in in, in being comfortable in their body going into next season. Yeah, obviously the summer is uh, you know a big part of it, and um, you know you got to put the work and to be ready for the season. It's obviously you know 82 games is a grind, so you got to put your body uh, you know get in the, ready ready for the season and do whatever you need to do. So um, you know everyone's different in their approaches in the summer, but uh, you know for me it's just nice to be actually be able to train again. So it's been nice. Nolan Patrick joining us, one of the newest Golden Knights, acquired just recently in a three-way deal involving the Philadelphia Flyers and the Nashville Predators. Nolan, where is your game at, do you think, right now as you head into a new season here in a few months? And where do you think you'd like to see your game go? Where do you think you can make your most improvements? 
Um, it's a pretty uh, pretty broad question there. Um, obviously, then give me a bad answer. Just, <laughs> what'd you say? I said that you can give me a bad answer if it's a bad question. No, it's not a bad question. <laughs> um, you know, obviously, there's a lot of things to work on. For me, like I was saying before, I haven't really had the opportunity to, you know, train for the last couple of years. So for me, there's obviously a lot of things I've been, you know, working on and enjoying working on that I didn't have the chance to do for in the last couple of years. So um, it's been fun to, you know, be in the gym and be able to put the work in this summer and just try to keep improving. You know, Nolan, you had mentioned that uh, in terms of your game, you're a defensively responsible center iceman. And and I guess the, the question that I have is, at what point do you start to add that layer of being good in your own zone, being able to contribute not just offensively but also defensively? How do you establish that part of your game as, as you break into the NHL? That's kind of something that I've obviously, you know, always focused on back to juniors, you know, trying to be good in, in both ends of the rink. And, you know, obviously it was a tough, tough year last year. And, you know, for me and the team I was playing for. So, um, you know, I'm just going to try to put that behind me and, you know, get ready for the new season here. Nolan, I know you've got a history with Kelly McCrimmon. Could you speak to that a bit? You mentioned the other day he's the, the smartest hockey mind you've ever seen. What's that relationship been like? What it's, it meant to you over the years? Yeah, obviously it's you know it's been huge. Um, you know, playing for for Kelly and you know in junior, obviously you have to give him you know a ton of credit. He uh, you know developed so many of the guys that were there and you know real good players. So um, you know he's obviously like I was saying before, one of the smartest minds I've been around, and um, you know probably will ever be around. So it's you know it's nice to be on a team where he's running it. You know, Nolan, I, when. When you think about Vegas, and, and I know that you'd mentioned the other day that, you know, you'd only really been here on road trips when you've when your team has come to play the Vegas Golden Knights. But in terms of a Vegas specific thing, like what what activity are you most looking forward to do in Vegas when you get here? I honestly haven't even, you know, thought that far ahead. I'm just, you know, excited to get down there and you know, see uh See what Vegas is all about. I honestly don't know don't don't know much about it. So um, you know, I'm really looking forward to to getting down there and just uh, you know learning the area. Nolan, you played games here, obviously as a member of the Flyers, but watching from afar, what did you make of the whole? And I guess participating in games here, what did you make of the whole Vegas hockey experience? Not many buildings, if any, like it in the NHL. No, there isn't. Uh, there isn't any building that I've played and that, uh, you know, had that, that energy and that atmosphere, um, you know, even coming up for warm up, it's just electric in that building. So, you know, it's, uh, that's obviously really exciting and I'm really looking forward to, uh, you know, getting out there. Chatting with Golden Knights forward Nolan Patrick, and you know Nolan, when when you get traded, obviously you've you've alluded to a change of scenery being a, a good thing in this situation. But uh, when when there's a trade involved, when you move on from a team, is there any extra motivation going into next season to to really have a good year, or is it really just going about your business and and trying to make sure that you can can show well on your new team? I mean, I think every. Every year you're motivated to, you know, have a good season and put the work in the summer. But when you, uh, you know, get traded to a new group of guys and a new team and obviously, uh, 
you know, team is good as I guess it has a chance to win. You want to, you know, pour your weight and ready for the season. So obviously it adds a bit of motivation for sure. Nolan, in hey. terms of uh, – I'm sorry, Ryan, go ahead. No, 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 you go, Dave. No, just one last quick one for you, Nolan. In terms of how do you – what was your impression of this Vegas team? Obviously, you know, you've watched them here for the last four years when you could. What did you make of them from afar, a team that's obviously had a lot of success in their first four seasons? Yeah, for sure. Obviously, they've been one of the you know the best teams in the NHL for, you know, ever since they came into the league. And going to the Cup final in their first year was obviously, uh, you know, really impressive. And, you know, just looking in, it's, you know, it's a group that has a chance to win with, uh, you know, a real deep lineup. So, um, you know, couldn't uh, really ask for more. And, you know, like I was saying before, couldn't be more excited to be part of it. You know, Nolan, thank you uh, for taking some time today and joining us here on the VGK Insider Show. Have a, a great rest of your summer, and we look forward to chatting with you as training camp gets closer. No worries. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. That Thanks, is Nolan. Golden Knights forward Nolan Patrick. And, you know, it's an interesting one, Dave, because when, before the expansion draft process really got underway, before the roster freeze, Kelly McCrimmon tried to, to make some deals and tried to improve this team. And you look at center depth and you look at bringing in Nolan Patrick, bringing in Brett Howden, uh, you're addressing needs. And Kelly McCrimmon take, t- takes that opportunity to improve his team and make him better. Yeah, and I think, Ryan, look, it's uh, if nothing else, the Golden Knights have not been shy, right, about trying to improve the team here over the last four years, and whether it's been through trades or via free agency, whatever the case might be. Um, and that's something that if you look down the middle of the ice with this team, it was a question going into last season, and it's going to be a question going into this season. The depth they have down the middle, you know, is do they look to try and land a legitimate stud number one center? Can they do that? If they're going to do it, they're going to have to move some people out. You, you have to free up some cap room to do it. You know, they, we all know where they are. They don't really have any room cap-wise. Um, but right now, you know, you look down the middle of the ice, Stevenson, Carlson, where does Patrick fit into that? Where does Howden fit into it? Nick Waugh, Tomas Nosek. Um, you know, Nosek, they've got to, you know, I know they've got to resign, but there, there's questions there. But you know, down the middle of the ice, if, if you believe the teams are built from the goalie out, kind of right up the middle or down the middle, whatever, however you want to phrase it, you know, that's an area that for the Golden Knights, they've um, – it's an area I think they're going to have to take a look at. Now, it can Nolan Patrick – so last year they were hoping Cody Glass could fill that void. You know, they, they trade Paul Stastny. They're hoping that Cody Glass can come in and, you know, be a – you know, help them out down the middle. Turned out that wasn't the case, right? You know, whatever the, the situation was coming off injury, certainly the knee injury and missing a full year of hockey did not help. Um, and I think in a roundabout way, he'll probably benefit too from a change of scenery. I can't imagine it's been easy for him, especially as last season went on. And then they run into Montreal in the playoffs and there's all this discussion about Nick Suzuki. That can't be easy for him to handle. I, I can't imagine that was that was an easy assignment for him. So... Again, down the middle of the ice, can they improve their depth? And, you know, these two acquisitions potentially could do that. But you've got a guy like Nolan Patrick who still is trying to establish himself as somebody that, you know, coming off injury and coming off that concussion where he missed, he had a lost year in 1920, didn't play. You know, can he reestablish himself um, as somebody that can be a, a regular contributor at the NHL level? You know, and it's interesting with Nolan Patrick because I look at last season and I understand from a numbers perspective, it's not 
the season that Nolan Patrick wanted to have, but being able to play 52 out of 56 games, getting through the rigors of a very condensed schedule, I think that that's more or less the the big win for me there is that you just got a year to get your feet wet, to get back into regular NHL action, and my expectation is that that year back for Nolan Patrick will set him on a very good trajectory heading toward Vegas because I just think that you needed to get in you needed to get through a season and now you can focus in on the areas of the game that you really need to improve on yeah and you know if you look at it Ryan the first two years with the Flyers 13 goals in each of the first two years and you know 30 Mm -hmm. points 31 points nothing wrong with that at all for a young player you know he came in uh, that same you know that same season right after that draft in, in 2017 where they you know the Golden Knights took Glass Suzuki and Branstrom um you know then you know, you, you miss an entire year of hockey, and Cody Glass went through this. Uh, it, it's that's that's a long time to miss, but especially for a young player that's trying to you know gain his footing in the NHL. But I mean, his numbers playing for Kelly McCrimmon and Brandon in the Western League: forty-one goals, hundred and two points. Uh, you know, better easily better than a point a game player at that level. Doesn't always translate to the NHL, um, but for somebody like Nolan Patrick, you wonder if you know these guys are competitive by nature. Uh, he said he was he was completely shocked by the trade, right? He didn't he didn't expect to get moved. Didn't hear from anyone with the yeah. you know. I think trades a lot of times Ryan fall into one of two categories: either guys expect it, or it comes completely out <laughs> of left field. Um, yeah, you know, my partner in crime Shane Noddy would tell you he's been more of the. I think he's probably experienced both. Um, I'm not sure <laughs> if one's better or not, to be honest. But um, you know, I've got to believe if and maybe Cody Glass will fall in this category too. When you get moved like this, does it serve as a jolt for you um, mm-hmm. to, to really, I don't want to say rededicate yourself. These guys are already dedicated. But it, it can't be an easy pill to swallow. You're drafted real high by both of these teams, second by, you know, the Flyers for Patrick and number six with, uh, with a VGK for Cody Glass. And after three years in the organization, they decide to move on from you. Um, and I would think that would serve as some impetus um, as they go, you know, into their well into their offseason training now to to uh, come back better, uh, come back bigger and better with their new teams. Yeah, I look at it as kind of the same situation for both guys. You've you, you kind of alluded to Cody Glass and and kind of having the Nick Suzuki uh, per, the the coming out party for Nick Suzuki last season and what he was able to do in the playoffs against the Golden Knights as as just not being an easy situation to deal with. Well, when it comes to Nolan Patrick, having the weight of expectation that comes along with a number two overall pick for an organization cannot be easy, especially when you've dealt with some injuries. So getting to another to a new location where this organization didn't draft you number two overall, I think it kind of just allows Nolan Patrick to come into a situation and focus on playing and just play his game, just be the type of player that he he hopes he can be at the NHL level. And I think the same thing for Cody Glass going to the Nashville Predators. He's not going to have Nick Suzuki hanging over his head or anything else hanging over his head. He's just going to be able to go in and be Cody Glass. And I think that's important for young players. Yeah, I mean, I think that especially with um, with a guy like like Patrick that, you know, look, he this past year he played on a, on a Flyers team that was not very good. You know, a team that I think a lot of people felt might do some damage. They had a pretty good run in the bubble. Um, the year before, um, and I, I've got to believe for him, it was probably a, a certain level of frustration. His numbers offensively dipped. Now, how much of that had to do with playing on a team that wasn't very good? 
Um, a lot of guys had their numbers dip. How much of it had to do with missing a full year? Um, I, I would say on the Cody Glass side of it, too, um, you know, you, you look, these guys can say all they want. They don't pay attention to what's said or written, and maybe some do and some don't. I've got to believe, though, it, to, at some level it filters through. Um, so you hear about the Suzuki stuff. That's one thing. You know, the other part of it would be, Ryan, the Golden Knights, their power play has struggled, and we we, we know that. Yep. Um, you know, he was not inserted into the lineup in the playoffs, you know, when when it was obvious that the power play wasn't working. Now, that's a, you know, a decision for the coaching staff, and maybe they felt that that wasn't – he wasn't going to be the right answer at that point in time. But, um, you know, there's no denying – I mean, I know be it Gerard Gallant or even, you know, Pete DeBoer – you know, they both talked about the skill level of Cody Glass, how he sees the game, his vision, his playmaking ability. Um, you know, he kind of went through some different, uh, you know, his body. He wanted to put on some weight, some muscle. Then he was maybe a little bit too muscular and lost some of his speed. They had to kind of tail that back off a little bit. So, but I think it's trial and error, especially for the, some of these younger guys. Look, it's not, it's an enormous jump for these guys, whether you're a high pick or not. And the, these guys are two examples. They both went in the top six. And they've kind of had their ups and downs in their early NHL careers. Um, but hopefully now they can, you know, with a, a new fresh start with new franchises here, they can they can get on a, a better road for each of them. You know, Dave, as we sit right here with the right now with the Golden Knights and their roster, just about five million dollars in cap space and some decisions to be made on Tomas Nosek, Matthias Janmark. Those are the key UFAs for the Golden Knights. Also, Nolan Patrick, a restricted free agent, so a new deal will need to come there. And then Alec Martinez, the other UFA for the Vegas Golden Knights. What's your sense of, of what the next main objective is for Kelly McCrimmon in this offseason? Well, I hope it's keeping Alec Martinez. Um, he was their mm, best yep. defenseman most of last season. Um, you know, Petrangelo really picked it up late in the season and in the playoffs. He was excellent. But if you were going to talk over the long, you know, even well, the shortened season, but the whole, the entire season, regular season and playoffs, Martinez was dynamite for them. Uh, you know, I know he's a little bit older now at 33. Um, he's their oldest, uh, second oldest skater on the team as I look at it. Ryan Reeves is 34, <laughs> but he didn't play like that. You know, he, you know, he talked about played with a broken foot the entire playoffs, which I can't imagine uh, what that feels like. So, um and, and you'd hope he would want to stay. You know, he's he's at a point in his career now, two Stanley Cups with the, with the Kings, that he's going to want to play on a good team. You know, I don't see him going somewhere, you know, a team that's rebuilding. I don't, you know, I don't think, you know, I think the money's going to kind of be there for him, whether it's here or with another good team. But um, to me, that's their, you know, their top priority, I think, is to try to find a way to keep – Alec Martinez. Now, where are the other areas for them? Well, I mentioned earlier. Can they can they bring in a legitimate stud number one center? No disrespect to to Chandler Stevenson, but what if he was your third line center? You know, what if it was, right. you know, whatever. Fill in that name. You know, center first line. Carlson, Stevenson, Wah, Nosek, Patrick. Take your pick of of whoever it might be. Um, and then I think, you know, if you look and maybe Brett Howden will, will provide a little bit of this, like in their bottom six, can they get a little can they get a little grittier up front? I think they can. You know, I think there's some room for that. I mean, you look at, at you know, that line Tampa had, which might be all gone now with Gord, Goodrow, uh, you know, and, and Coleman. Um, I don't know if you'd have a better yeah. third line in the league than those three guys with Tampa Bay. So, 
yeah, just some areas and, and food for thought. Um, hey, the other part of it is they've got $12 million wrapped up in, in two goaltenders. So you're going to have to free yeah. up cap space to do any of this. Um, and potentially where do they, you know, where do they look to, to do that and have the, the math work out the best for them? Yeah, that's the most fascinating part with, with the Golden Knights in terms of this offseason is you, you have areas, I think, that you are looking to improve. You have ideas in mind of what you want this team to look like moving forward, but the understanding is you're going to have to move something out in terms of salary to do it. So it'll be interesting to see how Kelly McCrimmon navigates the next uh, the next seven days, really, in terms of the entry draft and then as well as free agency, what the Golden Knights might do, how they might look different going into next season. But right now we can all kind of agree, and, and I'm with you in, in terms of this, Dave. I think Alec Martinez is a vital piece of this team. I thought he was fantastic this year on the back end for the Golden Knights. And if you can find a way to get Alec Martinez back at a reasonable number, I think that has to be the next logical step for the Golden Knights in terms of their offseason. When we come back, we're going to get into some of the reports out there of who is and isn't going to be a part of the Seattle Kraken. And then we've got Derek Englund coming up in our number two to give us the inside scoop from a player's perspective of what an expansion draft is really like. All that coming up on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Rolling right along on a Wednesday. It's the expansion draft day it should be a fun one for the seattle kraken all seattle kraken fans ryan wallace chris chapman special guest co-host dave gosher joining us here and you know it's interesting because i might be misremembering events and and i'll be completely honest the vegas golden knights expansion draft the entire week leading up to it for me now as i reflect on it is an absolute blur there's a lot I don't remember. There's some that I do remember. There are some events that I'll never, ever forget for the rest of my life. But one thing I distinctly remember as I'm thinking back on, the, on those days in 2017 is that there weren't as many leaks as what we saw today. It, if you are on Twitter, if you are following any of the, the NHL insiders, you have a pretty good idea right now of what the Seattle Kraken team looks like. Well, it's amazing, right? You know, I'm looking at something right now, and I, I, I guess the thing with Twitter is, oh, you know, okay, is it completely reliable? But uh, I'm looking at a tweet right now. The whole team is out there. The entire team <laughs> is out there right now. The forwards, the yeah. D, and the goalies, everybody. So, I, you know, I got a feel for, is it ESPN? Do you say was uh, are they doing a big thing tonight? Yes. And, you know, like, yep. so at the top of the hour, uh, five o'clock Pacific time is when they're supposed to unveil. Now, I know that you know the Kraken handed in the picks earlier today, but boy, well, I, I guess you know you give you give the media a couple of days to dig away, right? Especially in this day and age, <laughs> and uh, and that's what you get. But yeah, the whole team is out there. I mean, I'm looking at 14 forwards, uh, 10D, and three goaltenders. I'm looking at 27 players that. Uh, that the Kraken have have uh, have grabbed here, so yeah, I guess just a maybe more of a uh, you know kind of the, the way of the world and, and the world we live in right now. But yeah, I'm kind of with you. You know, even watching from afar when the VGK did this four years ago, I don't 
I don't remember any of this. I, I remember uh, when you know Mark Andre Fleury is like, oh, he, that they talk about instant credibility. And then after that, they yeah. kind of they kind of ran down the line. But yeah, it wasn't like this. Uh, you know, back back in the old days, it wasn't like this at all. You know, and it's and it's interesting because there the it's not so much the players that they took the the Kraken reportedly have taken that that really strikes me. It's some of the players that they did not take. Some of the players that were available, big name players that. The, it appears the Seattle Kraken took a pass on. And the first one for me is Carey Price. And I understand for a number of reasons why you would have Carey Price available to you, but be reluctant or hesitant to really get in on that player. You've got questions of injury. You've got the age. You've got the, the cap hit. So in in the end, it's really a calculated risk that pays off for Mark Bergevin because he's got the tandem that he wants moving forward in Jake Allen and Carey Price and didn't have to expose Allen, who you'd think would have a lot of value in an expansion draft. Yeah, for sure, Ryan. And I think um, a, a few things play into it with Carey Price. Um, we're not sure how healthy he is. Now, whether that was mm-hmm. a conveniently ti- – we just talked about leaks um, – Mm-hmm. Whether it was yep. a conveniently leaked or timed story about his his knee injury, um, and he might not be ready to start the season, uh, that it could part be part of it. He's the highest paid goalie in the game at ten and a half million for each of the next five years. He also has a big bonus coming to him in the not too distant future. So I think yeah, if you're Mark Bergevin, I, you know you, you do roll the dice a little bit there. You know there's a, there's obviously some pieces of that with Price playing as you know his, his junior hockey in Tri City. Uh, met his wife in the state of Washington, familiar with the state of Washington, and all the rest. But I, I will tell you the other part of it is that I know he caught fire late, you know, and obviously the you know the Golden Knights saw that on full display in the, in the semifinals. He did not have a great season. You know, he struggled yeah. a good part of the year. So if you look at it and, what you know, what the Kraken have – more than really most teams, and, and now, you know, after today they won't, but they still will have a lot of it. They had a completely blank state, uh, blank slate. There's a lot of teams in the NHL, Ryan, I think. If, if, if you injected them with truth serum, they'd love to have a blank slate, right? They'd love to be able to start <laughs> over, right? No bad contracts, yeah. nothing to inherit. Um, you know, that's not the way it works, but, I, I, but they had they – had, whatever the cap is, $82.5 million of cap space to deal with starting today. And you just, you know, obviously it, it, it looks like, uh, you know, they, they didn't take price, um, which, you know, on, on the face of it might be a little bit surprising. But then as we just kind of talked about, it's not, you know, if you dig into it a little bit deeper, it's not that big of a surprise. Um, you know, it looks like their goaltenders are going to be uh, Chris Drieger from Florida. They're going to you know bring him in as a free agent who um, really opened some eyes with the Panthers this year. Uh, Vitek Vanacek from from Washington and Joey Decord, um, great story with the Ottawa Senators. So it looks like they'll go that route. They'll spend their money in some other areas. You know, Mark Giordano makes a good amount of money. Um, I haven't really looked at all the, you know, the contracts of all the guys that looks like they're gonna they're gonna uh, join this team. They're gonna bring in Adam Larson and Jamie Alexiak as free agents. But back to the price thing, I think they probably just felt it's a lot of money. You're not sure about his health. And there probably are some, you know, more viable, more economical options that they could turn to. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. And in terms of Carey Price, like, for me, regular season success does matter 
when you're looking at an expansion team in Seattle. And while I look at the roster that I have in front of me, understanding that this is not what the Seattle Kraken are going to look like by the time they hit their training camp. I don't expect this to be the team that takes the ice next year for Seattle. I think that that they're going to look very different. And in a lot of ways, the Golden Knights look different after the fact, too. I just think that if you're going to commit that much money to goaltending, you need to know that you're going to get solid top level elite goaltending in the regular season and in the playoffs. Because if Carey Price can turn it on in the playoffs, but his regular season leaves something to be desired, then you've put yourself in a bad situation from cap perspective with that cap it. So I understand the, the idea behind not taking Carey Price, but from a chaos perspective, I was really hopeful that Ron Francis would take Carey Price because I just wonder what it would have done to the market in Montreal. <laughs> so all those thousands of people that were out there for the, you know, watching the games outside <laughs> the Bell Center, they would have been charging the Bell Center. You know, there would have been um, there would have been a riot in the streets. No, I think that uh, look, he's had a he's had a great run with the Canadians. Um you know, the, and as they say, the Golden Knights kind of saw what he's capable of when he's hot and when he's on, um, you know, just how good he can be. Um, you know, there's also been some years, I mean, you know, won a, a Vesna and, you know, I'm looking to back five years ago, 44 wins was, you know, the best goalie in the league. Um, but there have been other seasons where, you know, I'm looking back to the first year of the Golden Knights in, in the league, Price was 16, 26 and seven, you know, and. Didn't have a good year with Montreal. Goals against of over three, save percentage of a, uh, of barely, a uh, barely ninety. So, yeah, I just think if if you looked at it from the perspective of you're not sure about his health, and he had a shaky regular season, and the money's through the roof. Um, I think the last thing you know, and while we're on the topic, Ryan, it's probably worth look. They they took a pass. Some other guys that they took a pass on, Vladimir mm-hmm. Tarasenko. Yep. Uh, Gabe Landeskog, who I know is an unrestricted free agent, but still is going to garner a lot of money. Matt Duchesne. Alex Ovechkin was left exposed by the Washington <laughs> Capitals. I mean, that's a lot of money, too. So, yeah. But, again, I think that's part of the planning with some of these franchises that they feel, you know, look, they're not going to want to take on that sort of salary because none of the, those real big-ticket guys went anywhere. Yeah, you're absolutely right. The the list is is long in terms of players that were left exposed that were available to Ron Francis and the Seattle Kraken that, you know, make a lot of money. You had PK Subban available to the Seattle Kraken. You had Ryan Johansson and Jake Voracek available to the Seattle Kraken. And, you know, when when you look at Seattle as it's constructed right now, and of course, we'll find out a lot in terms of what trade side deals may have have gone on for the Seattle Kraken too going into this expansion draft but when you when you look at the fact that the the highest paid player as it stands right now for Seattle would be Mark Giordano at 6.75 million and the fact that right now the Kraken would be looking somewhere in the ballpark of 41 million dollars in cap space to work with in terms of trades in terms of free agency I think you really understand why it was such a priority for Ron Francis to draft a team that still allowed a lot of flexibility so you can kind of pick those those core pieces that you want and start to build around them by by targeting the players that you want in free agency or via trade. And you mentioned Giordano, right? You know, the 6.75, but it's only for this year coming up and then he's yeah. an unrestricted yeah. free agent. You know, he's 37, been a great leader and captain of the Calgary Flames, but 
you know, they're not – I think the last thing they probably wanted to do today, you know, and they it looks like they're going to sign Drieger to a free agent deal and bring in Adam Larson and bring in Jamie Alexiak. But the last thing they wanted to do was hamstring themselves with bad contracts mm-hmm. for long periods of time. You can live with Giordano for 6.75 this year, and if he has a good year and they can work it out, maybe he stays and finishes his career in Seattle. But, you know, more than anything, they had a blank canvas today with $82.5 million of cap space, and, you know, they'll still be able to, you know, free agency with, you know, that kicking in the rest of the league. It doesn't kick in until a week from today. Uh, yeah, they'll be able to – They'll, you know, the, the other thing that I think is of, of note, and I've, I've seen this mentioned elsewhere, Ryan, and it's probably worth getting into, is do we think the Seattle Kraken are going to be a playoff team in year one? Um, <laughs> I think it's very conceivable. If you, look at the, if you look at the Pacific Division, right, which we're going to go yeah. back to the way it used to be before, you know, before the, you know, uh, COVID re, you know, realigned the league this past year, you've got the Golden Knights, who are by far the class of the division, the three California yep. teams are all kind of rebuilding. Um, you know, you've got you've got the teams in Western Canada, Edmonton. Not sure, kind of sure what to make of them again this year. Calgary in a bit of a kind of a rebuild. Um, Vancouver, not really sure where they are. And then you bring Seattle into it. I, I think it's very conceivable that they could be a team that would force their way into the top four uh, and make the playoffs coming out of the Pacific Division. Because again, you know, blank slate. Pick your team, like the Golden Knights did four years ago, had access to good mm-hmm. players, good players that, um, you know, the Golden Knights, you know, they they really kind of turned over some diamonds in the rough. And, you know, we've kind of been well documented what they were able to do. But Ron Francis and company, that's a pretty intelligent group up there, too, that, um, you know, they're going to put together a pretty good team here from year one. Yeah, and it's interesting when when you start to kind of put together where Seattle and uh, could finish and what their realistic expectations should be and I think it, it is certainly within their reach depending on what ends up happening tonight with the expansion draft and what other trades or deals they've made to fortify the team. When you look at it and you say if you're looking at the California teams, while I think the LA Kings are the are the closest team to turning the corner or taking a step, I'm not sure that that step is going to end in them in the in them with the uh, in, in making the playoffs. And then, as you mentioned, Edmonton, Calgary, Vancouver, all three of those teams have legitimate question marks as to what they're going to look like and how they're going to be able to compete uh, in the NHL next season. So, I look at it from that perspective and I say I've just got to be better than than you know really the the teams in Canada because I'm not high on the teams in California and if you can do that you can get to the playoffs there's a clear avenue for me for the Kraken to make the playoffs year one yeah I don't think there's any question about it you know and and it it might be worth noting now too Ryan and and we've kind of touched on it. it it looks like they've you know it's it's already out there who they've picked so I just wanted to while we have a minute here so the, the Golden Knights, so the team that Seattle has right now or, or what's going to be unveiled in the next 12 to 15 minutes, the team they have tonight, you know, they'll, they, they'll probably will bear some semblance of that. But by the time opening night comes around, you know, second week of October, it could look different. I just wanted to kind of illustrate the point. So here are the players the Golden Knights uh, selected in the expansion draft. The night of the draft, okay, Pierre-Edouard Belmar, yep. Connor Brickley, Will Carrier, Cody Eakin, Eric Halla, William Carlson, Brendan Leipzig, Oscar Lindbergh, Jonathan Marcheseau, James Neal, Tomasz Nosek, David Perron, Temu Polkinen, 
Chris Thorburn. So obviously some guys up front, you know, Neal, Marcheseau, Belmar, Howla, mm-hmm. Eakin, Carlson, that Nosek, that played significant roles. The defenseman, Alexi Yemelin, never saw him here. Derek England, yep. Jason Garrison, Braden yep. McNabb, John Merrill, Mark Mathot, never saw him here. Colin Miller, Griffin Reinhardt, never saw him here. Lucas Spiza played a role. Nate Schmidt, David Schlemko, never saw him. Clayton Stoner, no. Trevor Van Riemsdyk, no. The three goalies. Jean-Francois Barube, never saw him here. Calvin Pickard, yep. and some guy named Marc-Andre Fleury. So <laughs> that's my kind of my point. So the Golden Knights went with uh, that group of forwards and then the defensemen and the goalies. That's who they picked that night of the expansion draft here in Vegas. So, you know, by the time the season came around, they had Shea Theodore. They had Alex Tuck. They had Riley Smith. You know, they had, they had all these other deals they had already worked out. I would love to find out, you know, we will here in the not-too-distant future, how many little side deals has Ron Francis and his staff in Seattle already worked out? We know, you know, the, the work that George McPhee and Kelly McCrimmon uh, did a few years ago. With what they did, was the rest of the league, did the rest of the league get smarter over the last mm-hmm. four years? You would hope so because they fleeced right. some teams with what they were able to do four years ago. You would think it might be a little bit more difficult for Ron Francis and his team to do it this time around, but just as kind of to illustrate what they are going to unveil here in the next little bit, part of that is going to be their opening night roster, but they'll also have a lot more to add to it between now and and the second week of October. That's the fascinating part for me as we get to the expansion draft special. What side deals do the Seattle Kraken have in place and how much more do we know about the Kraken at the end of the night? It'll be interesting to keep an eye on that. That, of course, starting at 5 o'clock Pacific time. When we come back, we wrap up hour number one and look ahead to hour number two in which we are joined by Derek Englund to get a player's perspective on the expansion draft. That's right here on the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Brian Wallace. Jam-packed show today. Thanks to Nolan Patrick earlier on in the program for joining us. And we look ahead to the expansion draft from a player's perspective. Derek Englund, he's going to join us on the other side of the break to give us that perspective as well as what we might expect from Seattle as we've seen some of the leaks, but you know what? You don't get the full picture until you see it firsthand. That's all coming up next in hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. 